I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another episode of the Self Build Plus podcast, where we chat with self-builders, suppliers, and experts about all things home building and renovating in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self Build Magazine. This episode is a recording of one of the talks I hosted at Self Build Extend and Renovate Live Belfast. So welcome to the Self Build Plus Advice Theatre. We are going to be speaking about how to make your home energy efficient. So we all know about insulation and air tightness and keeping the heat inside our homes. But um, how do we do that in practice? It's not that easy or straightforward. So we have two experts here. We have Francis Riley of Unilin and Andrew Rennie of Energy Store. So I suppose, um, Andrew, do you want to start off and just give us a broad overview of what the insulation options are for people building a new home? Yeah, sure. Hello, everybody. Thanks for coming. My name is Andrew Benny. I've been working in insulation for 30 years. So we've got about half an hour to tell you everything I know, which should be easy enough. Yeah, I think, look, it's, a, it's, it's very confusing for a self-builder at the start of the process. Um, different types of construction. You've got timber frame, you've got steel frame, you've got traditional masonry. You need to make that decision. There's now more sort of modern methods of construction uh, that you'll come across, even pods. Mm -hmm. So um, the first thing to do is to work out exactly what type of building you're going to build and how you're going to build it. And in a way, sometimes that choice of build leads on to specific types of insulation. If you go for a timber frame, for example, you may end up using a mineral wool, you may end up using a PIR between the studs yeah. and a dry lining board on the inside of your walls. Uh, if you go for a masonry build, you might be more likely to go for a bead solution, again, with a dry lining board. Um, floors are generally pretty similar in all those types of construction, but I think step number one, how you're going to build, what you're going to build, and step number two, identify the type of insulation that you go for. 
the, I suppose the beauty that we have at the minute through building regulations is you have to put a minimum amount of insulation into it. And um, no matter which you choose, you have to get the same thermal value, no matter which your choice goes for. So, um, and the regulations are tough as well at the minute. So no matter what way you do it, you should end up with a relatively thermally efficient house. And yes, so there's, um, there's different families, right? So we have the plastic family, which is kind of the, the most efficient, the PIR boards, um, the yeah. phenolic foam, all those boards yeah. are really the most, the ones that'll keep, the thinner you get them yeah. and then keeps yeah. the heat out. And then we have kind of the mineral wool and then the natural kind of, is that fair to yeah, have those absolutely. three categories? Yeah. yeah, and they'll all have different pluses and minuses and different performances, thermal and, and fire and ratings. But like I say, when the regulations are the same for everybody, you have to meet the regulations. So no matter what your product choice is, some will you need thicker, some you'll need thinner, but you'll have to hit the values no matter which way you go. So Andrew, do you want to explain a bit what, because the most common type of insulation in use is what you specialize in, which would be the PIR boards. So how, what are the typical uh, uses for those? How the, what are the buildups for walls, for example? How would those for, let's say for traditional masonry, and then for timber frame or steel frame? Yeah, so what we primarily manufacture is PIR insulation, which is considered one of the most thermally efficient insulations. Um, for masonry cavity walls, uh, in line with the new regulations in Northern Ireland, which you need to comply with a U-value of 0.18, you're looking at, I, I guess, trying to limit the size of the wall, perhaps, so you can reduce you know, footing sizes, you don't have to, you know, include a lot more concrete within the building, which can, you know, have an, an impact on the carbon uh, of the building. Um, with our PIR insulations, you're looking at perhaps maybe full fill cavity at a minimum with 110 profile. So looking at a, an overall size of wall of 310 mil. Whereas if you're looking to go beyond the, the regulations and go into like passive levels, you can use the 150 cavity term, which is, it's gonna get you U-value 0.13. So that can be used as a buffer for the overall energy assessment. Um, for partial fill insulations like PIR, you're looking at conventionally now uh, at least 100 mil in a 150 cavity um, to ensure that you're in, within that limiting U-values for regs up here. Um, so for those for base for uh, masonry construction, we kind of don't want to go too big with the cavity because then it's expensive wall ties, it's heavier, so the foundations cost more as well. So there's the carbon footprint, but there's a cost implication as well sure. to 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 going above and beyond there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And look, Tim it's um, timber frame as well. Um, yeah. We've uh, you know you're looking at you're looking at perhaps you know, your conventional kind of 150 stud or 140 mm -hmm. stud with a layer of insulation in between. That could be perhaps maybe mineral wool or something more natural, but that alone will not get you regulations. You're going to have to, you know, improve it by having a continuous layer either within the cavity zone or with, uh, on the inside of the frame. So it's, um, it's something to consider, you know, it's, uh, it's, you're looking at perhaps at least 300 mil wide uh, wall thicknesses yes. with that. And air tightness then, how, I, I don't think you guys supply air tightness products, but is the air tightness also kind of forms part of that whole solution, doesn't it? Yeah, from a technical point of view, we have to you know, consider air tightness of buildings. Um, 
I said predominantly with, with timber frame, which are you know, obviously going to have you know more air leakage than your traditional masonry build. Um, traditional masonry build, uh, a scratch coat and render and, and plaster finish will add some element of air tightness to the building. Um, with with traditional uh, t- timber frame, you need to adopt perhaps maybe an air tightness membrane into that detail. Uh, and that will act. Some some particular air tightness membranes will double up as a vape control layer. Some more t- intelligent type um, membranes. Uh, so certainly that that's that needs to be addressed in the detail at at design stage. Um, and then, so when you compare installation products, uh, uh, Andrew, do is it a question of just comparing the thermal efficiency of the products? What are the factor? How do you weigh up? Different insulation. It's very controversial, is it? Well, if, if I'm paying the bill, I'm looking at the price first and foremost. As, as, as I've said, the building regulations are the same for everybody, so we all have to hit the same values. 0.18 in the walls is, is, is a standard value for everybody. So I'd be looking to see how I can get 0.8 in the walls as cheaply as possible, um, and, and see where we go from there. Um, yeah. just but that can mean it's cheaper when the insulation's thicker. Usually, isn't that kind of the uh, it's, it's or a natural? Of both. If you have 150 mil cavities, which is standard now, I mean you'll certainly get down to the 0.18s quite comfortably. Mm. Um, we do see people, self builders, going beyond the regs at the minute, um, and going from maybe 200 mil cavities and filling them up. Uh, as much as they can. Certainly with the bead is a popular way of doing it. Um, but just to go back to your point on air tightness, I think we're now putting so much uh, insulation into the buildings that the, the smaller details are becoming more prevalent. So the likes of the thermal bridging and air tightness and all those need, need addressing as well as just the insulation. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so then the floor buildup, uh, Francis, can you walk us through how that works to insulate a floor? Um, because it used to be that we used to build houses and we thought about the walls a bit, but the roof, but the floors got forgotten. <laughs> yeah, but now we all insulate our floors, <laughs> which is very important. Well, maybe 10 years ago, yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, I suppose traditionally it's a ground-supported slab on a DPM and you would have your insulation above the DPM because you don't want DPM that... DPM is in damp-proof oh, membrane. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes shorten it down there. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah no, damp-proof membrane. Uh, your insulation layer, perhaps maybe like a vapor control uh, separating layer, typically polythene sheeting, and then your, your, your screed finish. Now, with the change of the regs up here, a minimum limited new value of 0.18 is required. And where you introduce underfloor heating to the, to the build-up, you need to get down to 0.15, which is really in line with what we have in the south of Ireland. So um, because of the underfloor heating, it's, it's going to be perhaps maybe a near source heat pump, you need, that w- you need to go that wee bit further. Yeah, you don't want the heat to go in the ground. You want yes, it to want stay up. up yeah, and yeah. you want to ensure that that screed is heated, you know. Yeah. So what's the thickness generally for the installation board to get to that 0.15 you value? Well, with, with PIR, um, depending on the, the area and perimeter of the floor, that will be that will come into the equation with a floor insulation. So you're looking at uh, four inches uh, of PIR, now you can still use other types of materials in floors. Um, EPS is still pretty common in floors, so you need to go that wee bit extra to get the backstop with EPS. You're probably looking at around 150 at least. Yeah. Make sure you're hitting regs. And then with perimeter insulation, would that be also part of the build-up yes. to how does that work? Then? Very important uh, to address the, the thermal bridge at the floor and wall junction. So typically you will have at least a 25 mil layer of perimeter strip insulation around the the external perimeter of the building. Um, 
and as a belt and braces approach, you could where you have you know partition block partition walls, you might have the perim perimeter strip around them walls also because that could be potentially a cold path from the outside wall to the inside partition block wall. And an installation then, how does some people do one layer, like two layers of insulation to cross over any gaps or is what's, what's best practice in terms for the PIR board? Yeah, it's quite common where you go thicker, where now where you're going thicker, you can do that in two layers. Uh, the, the benefit of that is you might have some service, service pipes within the floor. So you can, you know, uh, have the boards to the certain diameter of the pipes and then cross-lay that with another layer. And that's um, rather than have to go notch boards and, you know, uh, that you could just squeeze it toward, around the pipes and have the second layer over. It's pretty common okay. uh, where you have some pipe. And so with EPS, you do a bit of EPS, um, yeah, Andrew, so don't you? So how does that work for well, the floor? Yeah, we've actually just launched a new, a new product called TLA. So we've taken the bead that goes into the wall and actually put that in with a concrete and made a mix. Um, which provides a poured solution uh, for the floors. So insulated concrete kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, so insulated concrete, and, and we come along and we actually pour that into the floor, um, which is great because it's self-leveling, it takes all the cambers out of the floor that you might have, it'll work very nicely around all of your services, uh, it'll provide um, it'll provide some strength, uh, probably better strength than the likes of the, the PIR boards uh, because it has a concrete element to it. Um, from a carbon point of view, if you think of it like that, because a, a, a lot of environmental concerns are driving the construction business, especially concrete at the mm -hmm. minute. Uh, so we've been able to take 100 mil of concrete and the carbon that's associated with 100 mil of concrete and replace that with 15 mil of concrete and 85 mil of insulation. Uh, so all of a sudden we're starting to tick a box from an environmental point of view. But I think um, you know the poured solution is one that's proving very, very popular, especially for self-builders, uh, because the guy just comes in in the day and pours it rather than have to cut the board on site. Is it structural then? It's not structural, but uh, it, it's finished with a finishing screed. Uh, it has a KPA or a kilopascal of around 200, um, so it will support uh, the floor, but you'll still have a subfloor under it uh, and your hardcore under that. Okay, so you still need your screed on top. It's not you a finished... Need your, uh, you need your screed on top, and uh, but you can run your services through on your underfloor heating as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice, neat solution, I suppose. And then the roof then, um, Francis, if you, can you run through the options for how to insulate at the roof junction? Yeah, so I, I suppose looking at pitch roofs first, um, the most traditional way of doing that is insulating between rafters and having the continuous line of insulation to the inside of the, of the, of the pitch rafters. Um, a more kind of European thing, which is coming quite common in, 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 on this, in this part of the world, is insulating over the rafters, keeping your insulation over, and you can get away with perhaps maybe 125 of a particular kind of PIR in that situation. That opens up the design to perhaps maybe having a trust roof plan where it's all open. You know, you can have all the insulation over and maybe like a, a Sarkin kind of OSB or similar type of timber sheeting where it's like you can see the whole kind of uh, uh, pitch roof area. So, yeah, uh, yeah. two hit regs uh, on a pitch roof in a kind of vented, flat, uh, vented pitch roof situation. You're looking at 100 between and perhaps maybe 50 to the underside for regs now. And, and yeah. I was just going to say flat roofs as well. Yeah, is another ahead, yeah. Flat roofs can be quite tricky. Um, the old traditional route would be to ventilate a flat roof and just waterproof it on the deck above. Um, 
kind of as designs are going forward are kind of moving away from that and trying to do a warm roof because you're now uh, ensuring that the frame is warm at all times with the thermal resistance all above. Um, so on a, on a flat roof, we ha there's a couple of different options where you can have maybe perhaps uh, 125 of insulation all above the deck and then waterproof that with your parallon or your you know your typical typical kind of single uh, single PVC membranes or, or, or two two layers of, of felt and um, there is also the additional option of creating like on a flat roof you can leave the deck um, flat essentially you no know, it's not built in with a furin or a screed and you can taper the insulation there's now methods of having tapered insulation to drainage pipes on a flat roof as well. So a couple of different options to, you know, and it'll all depend on, on, the, on, the, on that particular project because there might be threshold details, you know, particularly if it's a flat roof terrace, you're going to have, obviously, you're going to be stuck with heights, so you might have to do a ventilated flat roof. So it's really looking at the project on a case-by-case -case kind of basis. And how would you deal with the junction between the wall and the roof? On a pitch uh, roof. On a pitch roof, yeah. And on a pitch roof. Well, I mean, there's a couple of different options there, um, depending on if it's a, like a um, like a room in the roof situation. You might bring the insulation line down to the knee wall, and insulate the knee wall, and then in the, there will be a certain kind of void space left then between the the pitch and the eaves. You would maybe use some kind of like mineral wall type insulation there to ensure that it's continuous. Uh, and make sure that you're getting that overlap with the wall insulation. Yeah. Um, you can then perhaps maybe bring the P, like I said PIR again, but <laughs> you can bring the PIR or whatever uh, materials within the roof rafters right down to eaves to make sure you get the overlap with the wall insulation. Yeah, it's so all about that continuity, continuity all around, so that encapsulating no the caps. building. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, Andrew, what other options are there? Well, I suppose the other one is a flat ceiling. So Francis done perfectly there just for the, for the room in the roof scenario, the sloped roof. Um, not everybody will have a room in the roof or a habitable space on the roof. So if you're not uh, using that area uh, for anything apart from your, your Christmas trees, you're going to insulate across your flat ceiling. Mm. Uh, and, and I suppose the best and the cheapest way of doing that is either three or 400 mil of, of mineral wool just rolled out between your rafters and crossed over. Um, there's, there's no better, cheaper way that we can see of doing that at the moment. Yeah, yeah. There's just that problem with the at the the loft uh, area getting up there with the stair ladder. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. has to be insulated as well. Because otherwise. Yeah. There's, there's various yeah. ways of doing that. You can stick a sheet of PIR on the back of the hatch. Yeah. Uh, you, you can get like a cushion that goes over the top of the hatch now. Um, obviously, your hatch will have to be draft proofed because that is a big area for heat loss. Sure. Um, but that'll be all normally done by the guy that does the loft insulation. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, and um, so there is an issue, I suppose, uh, with self-builds that uh, the performance gap in that people are building houses they think are well insulated or airtight. They put a heat pump in and then their heat pump builds are huge. So <laughs> what went wrong there? Like what, in your experience, have you come across scenarios like that? What, what's, what's gone wrong there? Andrew, have you... Uh, oh, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, you're going to get it as well. <laughs> heat, heat pumps are very good. They're very fashionable. They're very trendy. And they're very trendy because... Every unit of energy that a heat pump uses, it creates three or four units of energy itself. So from a carbon point of view, it ticks a lot of boxes. But a heat pump runs off electricity, whereas a standard boiler at the minute would be gas or oil. Gas or oil per kilowatt hour is probably coming out at 12 or 13p, and electricity is coming out at 35p. So unless your coefficient of performance in your heat pump is more than a factor of three better, which it should be. Which it should be. Mm. Uh, and seasonally, sometimes it's not. Um, and if it has to work too hard because maybe the insulation's wrong or, or there's, there's ventilation gaps and stuff like that there, that, that's where it'll come wrong and that's where the performance gap will emerge. So going back again to your air tightness and your junctions, as Francis has referred to, those are all vital in that um, mm. because while, while the heat pump is a very, very good technology, it has to go into a very, very well-insulated airtight house or it's going to cost you a fortune. But uh, yeah. Francis, how can self-builders ensure that their house is built well, that the insulate, what are the usual areas that aren't done properly? Because like, I suppose it's easy enough to see a continuous insulation on a wall, for example. Okay, that I, I, you can see that. But like, what do self-builders need to check for? What are the common issues on site? With yeah, insulation and air tightness, I, I suppose it's down to you know it's workmanship is quite yeah. a thing. Um, you know, it's you, you may, may go to site and you, you, there might be a wind post within the cavity, and that's left uninsulated. So that becomes a, a weak point because you've got metal, you've got steel essentially in the cavity, and that's not you know that's a that's a break in the continuous line of insulation. Stuff like that can be a, an issue. Perhaps maybe um, where you're using a solid board, uh, mortar droppings within the cavity, laying on boards, then you lay the next board and it's kicking the boards out. So you're getting gaps, um, corner junctions, uh, where boards are butted at the corner. Perhaps you might uh, have gaps and, and corners essentially could be a condensation risk because of um, the virtue the, the heat's gonna try and escape through the weakest point. So. Um, other stuff like meter box panels, um, where you have services within the cavity, perhaps that could be an issue. Um, so it's it's really a thing. I suppose there is a there is a, an element of even as a self builder to you know perhaps be on site at times, the, yeah. a periodical times to have a look. And you know as as manufacturers and, and people within the industry. We have teams that can go to site and, you know, not create like an issue or not, but just as an observational kind of exercise to ensure that things are, you know, developing as they should and good practice is being applied on site, you know. Yeah. 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 So it's basically every any kind of um, opening or anything that might break that needs to be 
looked at properly. Absolutely. Yeah. Wall ties yeah. as well, perhaps, you know. The you wall might have ties. an issue with a wall tie. Yeah, for me, it's continuity of insulation. You, you, you mentioned the slope roof where you come down and you meet the wall plates and make sure you have that consistency all the way around. So that, that's a big area. If you, if you imagine going outside with your coat open and then zipping it up, that's the difference. So at that junction between your wall and your roof and the junction between your wall and your floor, you have to give special attention to that. Um, the products you choose will help you. Um, the workmanship, as Francis has said, is a massive part of that. As again, as we put more and more insulation in, it's the small details that become a big part. Your, your house is a leaky bucket, you know, with about 12 different holes in it. And every time you put your finger in one hole, the pressure increases on the other one. So if you, if you insulate even really, really well, but leave your junctions wide open, all the heat's gonna go out through there, at the bottom of the walls and at the top of the walls. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that makes a massive difference to your overall SAP calculations. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and workmanship's a massive part of that. Yeah. 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 It could be, it potentially could be the equivalent of a garage door opening in your house. Yeah. You know, if you were looking at it kind of, it's trying to like quantify it, like, you know, if, if yeah. them junction details aren't addressed accordingly. So in terms of design at the design stage and making sure that's, that's even designed properly, you guys offer a service to self-builders to help at that early stage to decide on what insulation products to use. Can you run us through how that works from if someone's interested in using your products? Sure, yeah. So like d depending on the specs, we do like a, you know, a, a platinum service, which is, you know, uh, it entails, you know, site visits, um, Making sure they, you know we're always on the phone to the to the client um, if they have any questions. Um. So you'll come and check if, like when the when the installation's being put in, you'll come and check that those corner junctions are done, that there's no mortar and wall ties or yeah. yeah, yeah, bit of hand holding basically. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, right from design to uh, to, to 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 completion of building. Um, we would be there, and we get great pride out of being there at the start and seeing the end, uh, the end goal, yeah. as such, and going through that journey with the with yeah. with our clients, like you know. Um, um, so, but uh, so Andrew, would that be common to, that suppliers would do that? Do you like? Is it yeah. what kind of help can serve? If they don't go with Unilin, what can you expect from your supplier? Would suppliers so, come out normally and, and yeah, I, help I, I, think I, know that, I know that you guys do. I know that Kingspan have a similar service to that for the, for the board products. I suppose you know, we, we would argue that insulation is, is, is a specialist trade. You know, we're not that fussed in seeing you know, builders do it. You know, and, and we know certainly in loft insulation and flat ceilings, if, if it's a wet day, maybe the builder might say to some of his guys, Look, I'll just go up into the loft there and rule out, rule out a, few, uh, a few bales of, of, of fiberglass insulation. So we don't think that's the way it should be done. So from, from our point of view, and, and we supply the likes of the bead product that goes into the wall. So before that guy gets anywhere near your, anywhere near your site, he'll be trained, he'll be quality managed, and, and, and he'll, you know, he'll be fully carded by us. Uh, to make sure that he's carrying out anything to industry best practice and to building regulations as is. So, um, yeah, so from our point of view, it's, it's the training of the individual who's doing it. Um, but I think insulation is a specialist trade. Yeah. Mm. So to talk us about uh, the EPS beads, actually, how does that work? What, what's to get to the regs values for the walls? Yeah, um, so I mean, certainly with the, the beads, you'll need, a, you'll, you'll need 150 mil uh, as a minimum. Uh, of, of cavities. Um, some people do it in conjunction with a dry lining board that Francis's company would offer. Um, and, and like I say, we've, we've seen 200 mil cavities, we've seen 300 mil cavities, uh, we've, we've seen all of those things. But the bead system itself is a very straightforward system. Uh, we, we turn up on the day and, and we pump it. It'll, depending on the size of the house, it'll take between half a day and maybe a full day. 
Um, you drill, drill the hole, yeah. Drill the holes through the internal leaf uh, before you do your internal plastering. Pump the whole thing. Uh, the bead's great. It's like pouring sand into a beaker, so you get that continuity. It goes everywhere. Um, it goes in with the glue, uh, and the glue hardens over time, so you end up with uh, a product that has consistency, I think, of a Rice Krispie bun, if you know what that is, nice and tasty. Mm -hmm. um, wouldn't have much structural strength, but it's good thermally, um, and it's, it's a good option for self-builders. Okay, and how do you check that the beads did go everywhere? Would there be thermal imaging at the end, or there's no... So what we have is, is a drill pattern that's been designed on a house-by-house -house type, and that's what we get our agreement certification based on. Um, you know, the number of holes that we put in. Where we put, put them in, in um, under, under flues, under sills, under all that sort of stuff there. But um, like I say, when, when you're pouring sand into a beaker, uh, it's like pouring water into a glass. It just fills up and fills up and goes everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Much more, much less reliant on the guy that's putting it in. And and that would obviously be a, uh, an option for um, people who have an existing house and want to... So Yeah, yeah. very, very Th popular in the retrofitting business yeah. um, in, in the south. Um, mm. Very, very good and grant support for that. Unfortunately, in Northern Ireland, we don't have any schemes up and running at the minute that we can do. But, I mean, it's still worthwhile. I mean, if you're topping up your existing cavities, that maybe your house is 25 or 30 years old and has an old 60 mil EPS board, polystyrene board in situ, you, you'll be able to top that up quite cheaply um, and improve the U value by a good sort of 35, 40%. Um, your payback on that could be less than a year and a half. So okay. it's a really good way of doing it, especially when energy costs are so high at the minute. Yeah, yeah. And what other options are there for retrofit then for existing homes? Yeah, it depends on your house type. If you've um, if you've a solid wall, for example, that's uh, that's much harder to deal with uh, and probably much more expensive. Um, again, Francis would have the likes of the internal dry lining board there, which is which is very popular. Um, again, continuity is the issue there; sure. it has to go everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen again in the south because. Uh, it's probably because it's grant funded down there again. Um, a lot of external wall insulation, which they, they wrap the full building with, uh, with polystyrene or mineral wool and a render finish on the outside of Would that. Would that be done here? It's, it's expensive, so it's probably expensive. not it, too it, much. It can be done if you have a solid wall, but obviously the payback time is, is greater because it's more expensive. Yeah. I mean, it's probably 10 times the price of pumping your cavities. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. One of the tricky things with that is if you're in a terrace, you're obviously stepping out your facade your facade's going to step out past but I have seen it in Dublin I've seen it in parts of where I'm from and it's not actually that uh, obvious until you really look at it like you know you're looking at perhaps maybe putting maybe four inches onto you know the front face and elevation of your house and obviously if, if you're mid-terrace it's going to be the back elevation and front elevation yeah, absolutely and terrace you're going to be tree walls for example so yeah. um, you know, you'll see a lot of places councils council estates that have been bought out by homeowners yeah. uh, and then the council have gone in where, where, they, where the council guys still own the property and have put the external wall on but the private guy doesn't put it on and the next guy does put it <laughs> yes. on and the next guy does so you know and they might all choose different colours and I don't know if you've ever seen what's the story in Balamori but you know it yeah. can't get that bad but yeah. uh, it's a look from a thermal point of view, when you're wrapping the whole house and you're making the most of the thermal mass inside, it's a very good way of doing it. It's considered best practice, isn't it's it, for a solid good. wall generally? It is. For, so yeah. for solid yeah. wall, you know, if it was my house solid wall, I would definitely go outside and inside mm -hmm. because it, you're able to avail of that thermal mass mm. um, that you have as part of the construction. Yeah, and less condensation risk and all that. Well, that would all have to be done as part of the, uh, the design the calculations, side. yeah, yeah. 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 And, and your product choice as well would be important there. Yeah, and then with EWIs and particularly with IWI internal wall insulation, well, addressing the opes, like addressing around windows and door openings yeah. are very yeah. are very key points. Um, you need to ensure that 
you know, the insulation doesn't just terminate at the oak. You need to return it around. Obviously, you don't want to lose too much of your frame, so you'll have to reduce that to make sure that the frame's not totally, you know, embedded in the insulation. But um, all that kind of key detail and it's so important yeah you really need to go to the very edges and seal every 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 element yeah 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 yeah. and what other watch points for internal wall insulation it it can be tricky it's it's the kind of the trickiest one to do isn't it yeah i mean depending on the, the the structure of the existing wall um we would see you know certain scenarios where you have like uh, Andrew's mentioned where you have maybe 60 mil EPS within the cavity and you've got a 50 mil cavity or say a couple of inches of cavity between the outside leaf and the EPS. There's no reason why you can't, you know, thermally insulate directly to that inside wall because um, you have, you're relying on the cavity to ensure that you don't have ingressive moisture. Um, in certain solid situations, you would want to adopt like a system where you frame it out off the wall and depending on the material masonry, if it's solid stone or old solid stone or solid brick, you may want to introduce some ventilation within that frame zone. Just get the air circulating to avoid yeah. any condensation risk. Um, and those calculations would be done by by whom? Would, would it the insulation company be able to do it or would it be yeah. uh, an energy assessor? Yeah. Technical well, assessor. We see energy assessors carrying out them calculations. More predominantly, more U-value calculation, but condensation risk analysis would be done in-house by the manufacturer. Yeah. Okay. Um, because there is a a competency um, uh, uh, audit that you have to do every year with the BBA. So they would look over your calculations to make sure that everything's you know in order. Because I'm sure you can appreciate there's some calculations that come across your desk and it's just like. What is that? <laughs> you know, so it has to be done by a competent person. That's always training in that kind of uh, methodology. Okay, so within the man- the installation company. Um, any questions, guys? Do we have any questions for? Yep. If you're doing a renovation, um, um, the the uh, floor insulation, you you can't do anything under the existing walls. So are you going to have a gap there where? You know, if you have the insulation in the rooms on the floor and then you have underfloor heating and then the finished screed, is there going to be a risk of major leakage in the existing internal walls? Or So you're not addressing the, the, the wall, it's just the floor, is it? Well, well, the internal walls, I don't know if you can do something with them Both as well. The but walls, yeah. I, you know, you can't, if it's a 70s bungalow and you want to put... Uh, four or five inches of insulation on the floor, put underfloor heating in. You've got the existing walls there, so is there going to be a big issue there with leakage or is lack there of thermal? Is there any insulation in the walls? The internal walls? I, no, I, in no the they're just a, re- just a regular block wall in the yeah, internal. No ca- have you got a cavity? No, I don't think so. It's, solid I'd say wall. They're, yeah, I'd say they're solid walls, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I suppose the first kind of thing in terms of detail is make sure that you have that perimeter strip around the internal wall. So where you have the four or five inches of PIR, make sure that you try and address the junction with a, with a perimeter strip. Um, what I would say is, you know, if you are going to go to the go to the to the to the to the, um, to the effort of addressing the floors, perhaps maybe look at the walls also. Um, as a kind of, uh, as a kind of like a, a medium-sized kind of retrofit of the building. Um. 
Sorry, are you talking about then knocking the internal walls or is there some other way of addressing that? No, well, generally, I mean, if you're looking at the floors uh, in a renovation kind of a, to try and bring up the thermal spec of the building, you're going to address the walls also, the external walls. So if there's no insulation on the external walls, it may be perhaps because, again, we talk about encapsulating the building. So you, if you're bringing up the spec of the floor, you're going to, you know, potentially push the heat the heat's going to try and escape through the walls oh, more yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, the external walls would have beaten or we could do the external insulation if necessary, but it's really about the internal walls, whether or not there'll be an issue there with leakage or... No, I, I, I don't say it. No, normal practice would be for the insulation in the wall to go down beyond your, below your finished floor level, so your, your insulation in your floor would be here and your insulation in your wall would go down below that. Um, what I would say to you is there's 15% of heat loss through your floors. There's 35% of heat loss through your walls. Do your walls first. Um, mm. All right. Well, thanks very much, guys. Really helpful. Thanks Thank very you. much, Ashley. Cheers. Join us next time for more tips and advice from experts and self-builders alike. And if you haven't already, subscribe to Self-Build Plus. It'll give you full access to the selfbuild.ie website, including the Self-Build Plus journey, which is your step-by-step -step guide to self-building and home improving. Your membership also gives you first access to all videos and podcasts, as well as access to our members-only Facebook group, which features regular Facebook Live events.